Have you guys ever had a confrontation in a parking lot that that went further than what it should? Because I've had I've actually had one where an old lady stole a spot for me and other people defended my honor. Oh, and I know that these things happen all the time. So uh, you guys have have had problems in parking lots. Yes or no? Oh, yeah. I have, I have for sure. Um, not with an old lady, but with a different, a different person. Uh, and <laughs> how do I say this? I was kind of mugged actually uh, at one point, getting gas at a quick trip when I was in college. Obviously, it wasn't a quick enough trip. You stayed there long enough to get mugged. No, no, it wasn't quick at all. Actually, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. I went to the quick trip to get gas with my roommate, and I was. He went into the quick trip. I was left alone pumping the gas when a large, a large guy, had to be six four, two fifty, approached me, and he got between me and the pump, and so I basically couldn't access the pump. Right, so I'm just stuck there between my car and the pump, but I have to obviously get the pump out to drive away if I wanted to. <laughs> He surprised me and saw me put away my wallet because I have I'd paid for the gas at that point. Um, had a large stocking cap on and was just up in my face, like probably within an inch or two of my face. And it was just an intimidating moment. And I don't remember what exactly he said, but he was talking some some nonsense. And he said I needed to give him money. That's that's all I recall. He needed the money. And luckily, at the time, college kid, not a lot of money, uh, <laughs> only only had one credit card and probably like $35 of cash, I think, on me at the time. And so he didn't take my wallet at first, but I, I, pulled, I pulled my wallet out again. I gave him a $20 bill. I thought that was very generous. But he saw the rest of the cash in my wallet and actually took the wallet out of my hand. Oh, oh no. Aggressive. Took the rest of my cash. And... I, he actually didn't take my credit card, which I was appreciative about. Not that it would have mattered. Again, broke college kid. My credit card had just opened up. So my credit score, I guess, could have been ruined a little bit. But really, I didn't have a credit score at the time. So not too big of a worry there. But apparently had been around many quick trips and doing the exact same thing to other people. And I'm not sure if he ever got caught, though, because they were such low dollar amounts. It was just a really intimidating moment for me because... If you're listening, I'm maybe 5'11", 6 foot, and 150. Soaking wet. Oh, wet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a skinny little white boy. And um, this this big 6'4", 250 guy, probably in his mid-30s, coming up with inches in my face. And uh, he had his hand in his pocket, which scared me. That's didn't know if he actually Didn't know that's if he actually had a weapon, but I didn't want to test it. So... That's my story, and I will never go to that quick trip again because uh, I have PTSD from it. But uh, Maria, do you have a story by chance? I do. I actually have a few, but the one that I have decided to share is I was grocery shopping one evening, and I had parked. There wasn't hardly a space left in the entire parking lot. It was around the holidays, and so I think I'm safe. I pull in the parking space. I go into Kroger, and I'm shopping around. I come back out, and there's a slew of things going down. So I have this guy in a truck parked completely behind me, and the spots are slanted, right? So you have okay. each aisle you go up and down, and there's you're either going one direction or the other. And so across from me, there's also diagonal parking spaces. Like I said, not a parking space in sight. This man just decided it was cool to park right behind me and block me in. 
So this big truck is parked right behind me. I have an SUV parked in front of me. There's no way I'm getting out of this parking space. I'm in a hurry trying to get to my next place. So this guy comes out and he's the one parked next to me and he refuses to move his car. I'm all upset. The guy in the truck is in the store, so I can't do anything about that. And then there's like a guy parked across from me and he comes to his car and we're having an interaction. And then the guy for the truck that's parked behind me comes out and we start arguing and he was so rude. It was awful. And then he started saying all these horrible things to me. I was like dressed up for a holiday party and he couldn't figure out why a girl would go to the grocery store dressed like that with red lipstick on. And then he was trying to like take things from me and yelling things at me it was horrible um i did get out of the parking space spoiler alert uh the guy across from me was a lovely nurse and he backed out and i pulled forward through but that was a terrible interaction around christmas hallelujah (laughs) double parking is like there's a special ring in hell for people that double park and just block people in um and i will say this like i the the lady that stole my parking space that i mentioned at the very beginning she was not six four two fifty and if she would have gotten out and gotten my face i would have kicked her ass listen to stories from the road this is unplugged otr on the 10-4 network What's up, everybody? Welcome into Unplugged OTR. I am your host, Marcus. Thank you for joining me today. Also joining me today, as usual, I didn't come up with jokes for you guys today. I'm sorry. So it's just going to be a standard old introduction. Maria, how are you doing today? Hiya. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here. What's going on with you today, Marcus? Not much, even though I just asked you the question that I told you guys never to ask me, which is how are you doing? But that's what happens when you don't write an introduction like I didn't today. Caleb, welcome to the Chaos Show. Hi, Marcus. How are you? (laughs) How dare you? You know what? I'm actually doing well uh, today. I I will answer that question today and say uh, I'm doing good because I saw something that totally pertains to the episode on a long road trip that I just took last weekend. Today on the program, we're talking about truck stop parking and truck stop parking, a pretty hot issue among uh, a lot of drivers in the industry. Um, Is there enough of it? Where do I park? Uh, What happens if the truck stop is full? Etc. And what I saw was at a pretty busy truck stop at the top of a mountain where it was snowing trucks from uh, point to point, And there was maybe two or three slips open in the truck parking at this rest area. And in these two or three slips open, as I drove by, I saw a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I saw a Toyota Camry and I also saw a Ford F-250. And I'll tell you what, people, uh, the the worst part about it is it was snowing. These four wheelers were taking up the only three truck parking spots left and they were parked further away from the rest stop because they did so. If you just kept going around the rest stop and followed the signs, you would have gotten to park right up front next to the curb. It's a five-foot walk, and you're inside out of the weather. Um, So I think this is a great topic because I can't believe these idiots were taking up the spots. The audacity. I mean, the Toyota Camry, okay, but it's usually those Toyota 4Runners I see, man. They are always taking up spaces. Caleb would jump in front of a Toyota Corolla to defend a Toyota Camry. I, I really do feel that way. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> We've got Andy Kelly on the show today. He's a hopper driver originally from Florida. And Andy, as I understand it, uh, you're just kicking COVID. Is that the truth? Hey, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. It's my second round with it. So 
Well, you're in good company here because uh, Caleb is also a fellow COVID warrior pretty recently, and uh, we've got him back into full health, and I hope that you're uh, fully recovered. We just appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Unplugged OTR today. Originally from Florida, I see. I have to know, do you think that Florida gets a bad rap out in the world? No, but it definitely explains uh, a lot of stuff that, you know, I've had questions on my life, like, why am I so crazy? Uh, and you know, <laughs> a lot of it comes down to, you know, you can read most stories. You can take out Florida man, uh, and the headline and you can read the story and you can ask somebody, where's this person from? And nine times out of 10, they're from Florida. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's very oh, true. Man. I thought for a minute you were going to say you can take out Florida man and just put Andy Kelly in there. Uh, well, but... <laughs> I, I don't think I'm that crazy just yet, but uh, you know. Then again, I am an OTR driver, so... There you go. There you go. (laughs) Floridians are built different. They really are, Caleb. Tell us, uh, Andy, a little bit, like, what's your favorite part and your least favorite part about your home state of Florida? I like the beaches a lot. Other than that, uh, you know, the fact that things there are trying to kill you, uh, whether (laughs) it's Florida man trying to eat your face off or... (laughs) <laughs> an alligator trying to eat you you know it's so it's uh luckily i haven't i haven't lived in florida for a very long time so i i'm still alive because of that <laughs> okay good there you go I'm glad to hear it so you mentioned you mentioned the beaches and what whatnot and i, I understand that you are in photography uh and have got it into that a little bit while you've been otr how do you get into that uh, well, actually, uh, the photography side of things was, was just a whim. Uh, so my girlfriend, uh, she's older than I am and she's into this, uh, wanting to be young and beautiful for the rest of her life. She wants, wanted this like laser thing that like lasers her face. And, uh, what? <laughs> it was like 50. Yeah. It like it literally like burns your face like little burn dots and it like supposed to tighten up your face what? or something. Yeah, I don't I've know. I've never it's, heard of this. M- Marcus, do you weird. know about this man? I I do only because my wife manages an aesthetics clinic. <laughs> um, yeah, they'll they'll burn your face right off your other face if you're not careful <laughs> your there. Other face. Okay. I guinea pigged for laser hair removal one time on my back and let's just say it, it smelled like burnt <laughs> hair in that <laughs> office. So oh, they'll, man. they'll do all, all manner of things to you. So Yeah, so she she was like, uh, you know, she, that's what she wanted for Christmas and I was like, okay, I'll get you that. She's like, no, 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 don't spend that kind of money. Don't spend that. And she was getting mad that I didn't spend that kind of money. So I was like, all right, fine. I'm going to go buy me a camera. And she got a water prick for Christmas. And that's how I got into photography. That's great. What kind of camera did you get, Andy? I got the basic Nikon, just Z, the Z50. It's not your Z6 or your Z7 or your Z5 by no means, but it's, it's still relatively nice. Oh, man. You're a Nikon guy. I'm a Canon guy. I shoot on a Canon, so that's... I guess we'll have to agree to disagree, but I think Cannon's <laughs> Cannon's my favorite. No, I think yeah. you guys should fight. Fight, fight, well, fight. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna go with Cannon, but for for the entry level market, uh, Cannon wasn't there for me. It just wasn't there. Nikon Nikon made a little bit more sense, and you know I like things that follow the the Kiss principle: keep it simple, stupid. If you start, <laughs> if you start adding in all this other crap, it, oh, you lose it so fast. I, you know, I'm not stupid by no means, but I like things very simple. 
<laughs> so do you does that translate to your daily drive uh the keep it simple stupid thing when you're out on the road yes absolutely how so uh, i don't try to look into you know i i have an idea where i'm going to drive to where i'm going to park for the night like when i wake up in the morning i look at okay so i'm going to try to get about 650 miles today uh this is where i'm going to try to end up if i don't end up there oh well you know, if I need to park on an off ramp, oh well. You know, I've got a refrigerator and I've got food in the truck, and so yeah. It, it really, I try because you know, earlier in my life and my driving career, you know, I stressed over everything. I, I was like, where am I going to park? Where am I going to eat? And you know, these last few years, I've just, I've literally have just not even cared. I'm like, oh well, if I, I don't even care if I make it. <laughs> <laughs> man you seem you seem like though you plan out your day a, a decent amount but then you said that you've had a park on on ramps before ha, i guess have you can you tell us about a time when you've had tr- trouble finding parking oh well over as the years have gone by i've been doing this uh this actually this december uh probably well actually yeah probably in a couple of days will be my 11th year Happy 11th year. Happy anniversary, Andy. <laughs> That's a good long time. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's, it's been fun. Over the years, you know, it's, you start out with this, with this, this thought process that you have to park at a, at a truck stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the years, you start getting smarter and smarter. You know, I've been hit a few times in truck stops where I know which areas to avoid in truck stops. Uh, to to not get hit, you know. Sometimes you show up uh, like on a Friday or a Saturday night uh, at nine ten o'clock at night at a truck stop outside of Albuquerque, and which normally you couldn't find a spot after five. You're like, oh my gosh, this parking lot's wide open. Uh, so you start to learn w- when all the freight is moving out of that city, and you can get into a good spot. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, you said that you learned about like where to park in truck stops and where not to park in truck stops. Can you expand upon that? Because some of our listeners might not know exactly the uh, secrets that you have. Honestly, you know, you, you kind of want to get to the spots. First and foremost, if you can get into a truck stop, honestly, to not get, you know, not get hit is you got to get to the front spots. Because uh, usually okay. the front spots fill up the first, uh, and once they're filled up, they're filled up. Uh, and most of those guys don't leave until their 10 hours is up. So you have that. Um, other ones, uh, if you are on the outskirts uh, like or on the outside edges of the truck stop and they have these parking spots that are along the curb, uh, I tell people mostly just to nose in because you can easily just back out without having to – so uh, I, a lot of people make fun of you. You know, we got these, we got these groups on, uh, on Facebook and everybody, you know, they make fun of each other, uh, because, you know, oh, look at him. He's nosing in. Oh, and it's some of these guys, man, they've been hit a lot. You know, you got these drivers that just don't pay attention. So I don't know. I try to avoid truck stops, uh, like the plague, but sometimes you can't. Is there a lot of bumping and banging that goes on in those in those parking lots? It's something that uh, we haven't actually talked about yet on this episode, and, and it's probably a good thing for us to hit on. I mean, have you ever been scuffed or bumped or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually recently. Uh, probably a 
couple of days prior before I went home for Thanksgiving, I was in um, Williams, California at a Love's, and uh, I got scuffed by a Walmart truck. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, it, it's not just, you know, one particular company, but it's it's definitely this this newer group of guys that are coming in. They They don't teach them basics of you know even though they got the stickers on their mirror that you look at all day long it says goal it means get out and look (laughs) get out and look yeah yeah so they you get all these new drivers all they do is they're like here's an automatic truck you just put your foot on the gas you drive you show up you drop your trailer you go on about your day you know this so this new this new breed of truck drivers are coming in it's a little bit scary to be honest with you, uh, because um, I, I've seen people not even look. They just pull out of their spot and then hard left or hard right and rip the hood off. Oh, truck. man. And some of them just keep going because they don't even know what that they hit something because they're not looking. And uh, so, yeah, it's 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 a bit it's a bit scary. And that's kind of like why I like my uh, my setup with this uh, this hopper is because I'm shorter than most those trucks so I can tuck back into a spot a little further. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have to sure. worry about a Schneider or a Swift, uh, you know, get, get, get my front bumper hooked and <laughs> get woken up. And yeah, that's, well, that's, so. that's a good thing. I, I'm sorry to hear about the Walmart driver. Um, is, is your truck okay? Oh yeah. It's, he was, he was a new enough driver to know that you don't throttle it in, uh, backing out, you know, backing up into a spot. You don't, gas it in so he's going real slow and so it just made this loud screeching noise and so I, i've got a i've got a new paint job on one of my fairings okay via walmart so now you okay. said the new crop of drivers is <laughs> is a little bit scary would you say it's more scary or less scary than living in florida um you know i i listen i probably would take my chances uh living with uh a next door neighbor high on bath salts in Florida. Okay. <laughs> First mention of bath salts on the podcast you. too. At I knew all. we were going to get there sometime. <laughs> Gosh, Andy. <laughs> oh man, we, that is... we, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. Yes. Wow. Thank you, Andy, for mentioning the bath salts. <laughs> but, uh, you said that you seldom, you rarely park at truck stops. So where do you prefer to park now? Uh, you know, funny thing is, is I started, you know, ever since the, the invention of the, uh, the smartphone and the Google, the Google has helped me find spots to park so much. So, uh, you know, I used to, you know, I used to pull up where like, if I'm going through Elko, for instance, for instance, I'm right now, I'm at a truck stop like this. It's like a little tiny truck stop. There's like four trucks here and it's got like enough room for 12. So it's not really, it's not really a known truck stop. That's the best place to park at because you got plenty of room. Nobody's going to hit you, hopefully. But for the most part, I try to go find like industrial areas in town. Okay. Uh, and, and go park on the street. De- depending on the city. I'm not going to do that in Oakland or Cincinnati or Cleveland. There's, <laughs> there's just no way in the world. But yeah, for the most part, I do that. Or, you know, since now I've been a hopper driver, you know, I go through these small towns and I go, oh, look, there's a grain silo over there. I'm pretty sure I can find a parking spot over there by that grain silo. So I've heard there's a lot of paid parking going on now. 
Have you had to pay for parking at this point? Oh, yeah, I, I, I do. I, and especially when I'm knowing that I'm going to be in an area that's uh, particularly busy, uh, you know, and if I like say I want to go to Vegas, which, you know, sometimes I, I do get to go to Vegas. And so I will pay for parking. So that way I can just park my truck, go to a, go to a casino and hang out and not have to worry about, you know, moving my truck or anything. Uh, cause sometimes you get into these places, it doesn't matter. It's 24 seven. They're always packed. You, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that we have to pay for parking. But at the same time, I kind of enjoy it because I know that I'm guaranteed a spot. And I know that if you are in the spot and you didn't pay for it, one of their paid employees is going to remove you and I'm going to get my spot. So yeah. there you go. Andy, you strike me as a guy I would have a lot of fun playing craps with. But what's your what's your game at the casino? Uh, blackjack, mostly. Uh, I love okay. blackjack. I do play craps a little bit. Yeah, it's mostly it's mostly uh, blackjack and the uh, buffalo. Uh, the the buffalo, buffalo slot machine, machine is a good slot machine. I, I will I will definitely agree on that. I have won a lot of money on the bat slot machine alone. Man, you you can win you can win your money back that you paid for parking pretty easily. Then right, that's <laughs> is that the that the thought process right there. I, you know, it is. I mean, you know, I, I'm not I'm not trying to like say gambling is good or anything. However. <laughs> Uh, I, I was waiting, uh, for a shower at the uh, TA there, uh, in Las Vegas. Okay. And, uh, I went and put in $20 at the Buffalo slot machine and ended up walking out, uh, to my shower with, uh, $700. Best shower ever, right? Best shower wow. ever. Whoa. Best wow. shower ever. I paid for it. I went across Man. the street, uh, to the Silver Thorn. I think it's what it's called. Uh, and put the seven hundred dollars on blackjack and walked out with like two grand. So wow, that's incredible! What a lucky day! Unbelievable, wow. man! Yeah, it was great. It was great. I, I I took a truck stop shower a couple weeks back, Andy, and mine did not go anything like that. So I I guess next truck stop shower I I need to win about seven hundred dollars. I think the next time I go. Yeah, and I think it's important to say, Caleb, your gamble that day was just going to the truck stop shower. There was there was no blackjack involved. <laughs> There was no blackjack. It was my first time, so yes. Truck stop shower. <laughs> now nothing like nothing crazy happened with this place, other than, uh, you know, you showed up here. I I can't remember the name of this place. I want to say it was like Donna's truck stop. It was like somewhere in Battle Mountain, uh, Nevada, and uh, it was a brothel too, and. Uh, Nice. Whoa. A brothel. brothel. It was a legalized brothel. And, like, uh, you showed up, and uh, they had this thing where you, you're, when you walked through the driver's doors, they said, hey, do you have a CDL? You showed them your CDL, and you got your name put in a drawing. And, you know, you got either a lap dance or something like that. I ended up winning uh, a, jacuzzi, uh, a jacuzzi night. With like three what? girls, I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever." It was like my second year of driving, <laughs> so you know, I thought that was oh, what, what driving was. I mean, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing!" And all you had to do was have a CDL, man. Yeah. Well, okay. So, funny story. Uh, in these trucks, uh, they have red lights. You know, it, like red cab lights, so you can turn on red cab lights. So, when I first got started driving. 
I was told never turn those on because that means that you are wanting a lady of the night to come to your truck. And I was, I was like, okay, okay. Uh, I, I've never, ever, ever turned those on. And I, I legitimately thought, I'm, and this is no joke, until about like a month ago, uh, I was watching TikTok, as we all do these days, and uh, found out that the red lights that are put in these trucks aren't meant for ladies of the night. It's meant to help for night driving. Uh, makes sense. And Okay. <laughs> I, I literally, I legitimately thought, for almost 10 years, actually 10 years, over 10 years. <laughs> it's a dual purpose that, light. You weren't wrong. <laughs> that, that, that trucking companies or that these truck manufacturers are putting in lights for, for ladies of the night. And I'm like, there's no way that this is even legal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, priorities, Andy, you know? Priorities. I love the idea of a Peterbilt focus group meeting. Like, are we going to put the lot lizard lights in? Yeah, we got to put those in. We can't, we can't have this one without it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's yeah. Funny. So yeah, like uh, yeah. It, to me, it's it's amazing, like what you what you learn and what you don't decide to you just put out. You're like, oh okay, that's you would think that you would know that that's what a red light yeah. is for. But man, it really stuck. It really with you. did. It freaked me out. I mean, it really freaked me out. <laughs> but TikTok teaches you something every day. I feel like so. Thank you, TikTok. Yeah. For teaching us what the true meaning of those red lights are. It's it's made me TikTok has made me two things: a better Call of Duty player and a better dancer. A better dancer. We got to see these moves later, Marcus. Nah, it's just for me and my mirror, Maria. I'm sorry. Man, you're, alive. you're not on the list yet. <laughs> Your mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who has the prettiest dances moves of them all? That's, that's old Marcus <laughs> over here for sure. Oh, it's Marcus. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, man, between bath salts, uh, brothels, and buffalo slot machines, man, it seems like you have a lot of experiences. Um, but do you have like a favorite truck stop? Because you've been talking about different places that you've gone on your time OTR, but do you have a favorite place that you just get a drive or a favorite truck stop? Mm, you know, it's kind of hard to say, but... I think probably it's not really a truck stop, but my favorite place to stop if I can and do a 34 is it's in Reno, Boomtown. That's what it's called. Boomtown. It's a casino and they have truck parking. Uh, they have probably one of the best prime ribs you can get your hands on uh, Saturdays. So, you know, that's, that's usually pretty good. And then recently I, I have been. You know, I, or not recently. I haven't been back there since I started with this company. But uh, the ninety-five, I ninety-five, called the ninety I ninety-five truck stop or something like that. It's kind of like the Iowa eighty. It's just massive. Okay. Um, yeah. I do like that. It, you know, I like those kind of truck stops that have the dentist, the, the chiropractor, the tattoo shop. The, those are nice. Speaking of tattoos, do you have any, Andy? Yes, I do. Actually, I do. I have uh, an entire arm that is dedicated to pinup girls. Pinup girls? Pinup girls. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, Sailor Jerry style. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. I love Sailor Jerry style. I'm covered in tattoos myself, so I resonate with that. Nice. So, well, I've got one of my tattoos uh, is a mermaid. She's on my uh, up near my shoulder. I was on a 34-hour restart in Grand Island, Nebraska. And I got a tattoo at their tattoo shop there at the truck stop at the Apostleman. I was there on a 34, and there was 
some bartender that worked that worked there. She wasn't working that night. I don't remember her name, uh, but I do remember the fact that we both have matching mermaid tattoos. That's great. So someday you'll find uh, her out there, and you won't find her by calling her name. Yeah. You'll find her by she'll be sitting <laughs> in a pool somewhere. You'll see that tattoo, and you, there's the friendship reignited. Yeah, yeah. Well, show me your mermaid. She's got a blonde male mermaid, and I've got. And uh, funny thing is, is, I don't remember who she is, but it says "Forget Me Not" on my tattoo. So. <laughs> oh no. Wow, what a way to start your 34-hour reset. What happens in Nebraska stays on your tattoo. No kidding. Yes, yes. Do you get all of your tattoos on the road? Uh, No, actually, two of them I got from the same artist in Louisiana when I was living in Louisiana, and then I got one in Redmond, Oregon. Sad story is um, I don't think he fully understood what I meant by Sailor Jerry because it's kind of got a Sailor Jerry... Uh, yeah, I'm supposed to have a blue seashell over her hoo-ha, and it actually looks like she's got a blue waffle, <laughs> so it's it's horrible. Huh. It's horrible. Oh, no. And she looks so angry. I mean, I would be angry, Jeez. too, so uh, <laughs> the only tattoo that I have on my arm that I, like, want to get covered up fast. Honestly. I, I understand. Um, but I don't regret them. Yeah, well, here's the deal. I, I'm from Oregon, and I, I'm very familiar with Redmond. If you would have told them something about a cowboy, tattoo something about a cowboy with a cowboy hat and dirt on his boots, it would have been spot on. But I don't know that they've seen the coast very often out there. So starfish, blue waffles, they might just get confused. <laughs> right, 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 right. And that, I'm like, yeah, uh, and she looks very angry. Um, very angry. So it's like I, you know, it's the only tattoo that I'm like, mm, you know, she's my blue waffle lady. So, <laughs> aside from your Sailor Jerry arm, do you have anything else? Uh, I have stewed, screwed, and tattooed on my calf. <laughs> and I love it. I got hold fast on my knuckles. Okay, did that hurt? Uh, knuckles, you know, knuckles itched. Like it, it was like you could you couldn't itch. Like oh. it just. It was super itchy. The calf, uh, they actually had to, uh, like, tie down my leg because uh, I was very twitchy because it was very ticklish. (laughs) Um, The two forearm tattoos, uh, I would say probably, like, out of of a 10 rating, 10 being the worst, they were probably, like, a solid 6. My outside shoulder tattoo was probably, like, a solid 6. The inside bicep with my Rise and Shine girl in a hammock, uh, that was a solid 20. I'm sure. Uh, oh, like, really? Ooh. Mine didn't hurt that bad on the inside of my arm. Oh, uh, see, like, when he was doing the outline, I was fine. When he started collaring, I was like, no, nah, dude, no. <laughs> like, I had to tap out a few times. I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm out, man, I'm out. <laughs> Now, something I've always wanted to ask a tattooed guy, especially a dude that has tattoos on his knuckles, uh, have you ever had confrontations in a parking lot or at a truck stop uh, over parking? Because uh, obviously, we're talking about that today on the show. All three of us, Caleb, Maria, and myself as four-wheelers, have had some pretty hairy confrontations at, at uh, over parking spots and the like. What's happened to you out there on the road? N- nothing really. Uh, I, I, you know... Um, and, be, and to be completely honest, I'm, I'm, I am crazy. And, you know, that's, I, I do, I do, you know, when I'm backing up into a spot and somebody starts running their mouth over the radio, 
saying that I'm taking too long or they're like, you're almost, you know, they're being rude. Uh, and, you know, I'm like, you know, or they start threatening, you know, like, how about we sell this like man? And I'm like, Hey, I have never been into an actual altercation, uh, outside of one time, which was like recently, like within the last year, but we'll get to that in a sec. Okay. But most of the time I, I, I get to these people and they start, you know, wanting to be all rough and tough and ready to rumble. And I'm like, that's fine. I said, but I, I'm going to pop a Viagra and I'm going to fight you butt naked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> a twist. What a strategy. What a strategy. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I have not had a single person to take me up on that. I believe yeah, that. Yeah, they're out there thinking about Man. self-preservation, I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I even told the guy, I said, I want you to think about your life consequences. I said, Cause, listen, you're going to have to go home and tell your wife that you just got your butt absolutely whipped by a man who's butt naked on a Viagra. <laughs> You're not gonna be a man after that. She might not believe him. <laughs> no, she might not. Like, but like, listen, I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you regret your life decisions because you're gonna have to either fight a, a full grown man, on a Viagra. Oh, and lubed up with uh, Vaseline too. Lovely. Oh man, a Florida man story waiting to happen. Yeah, it sounds like so, it. So you said you've had a confrontation <laughs> though. You've had a confrontation in the past year. Did somebody choose to fight you naked, or what happened? <laughs> no, actually, I'm a low-key germaphobe. And with all this COVID crap going on, I was somewhere in Ohio, and uh, I walked in with a mask on, and everybody else was, you know, it was hit or miss, but I had a mask on. And, uh, you know, uh, this, this, this driver, you know, uh, you could tell who, who he is. He probably was the Florida man. And uh, he uh, said, well, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid of getting sick? And I, I said, I said, no. And you know, started, you know, getting mouthy and started, you know, making fun of me for wearing a mask. And, uh, and he goes, what are you afraid of? And I said, I really don't want to do this. I said, I just want to go use the restroom, get my food, and get out of here. Mm -hmm. And uh, he goes, oh, well, somebody's scared. And then he coughs on me. Oh. Uh, and then I punched him. Punched him square in his face, uh, <laughs> dropped him, went, and, and like he didn't get knocked out or anything. He okay. just like it just dazed him. And I went in the bathroom, did my business, came out, went to Wendy's, and got my food and left. And uh, yeah, man, I remember uh, state police ended up calling me because they're like, "Hey, uh, you know, we need this or that." And I said, "I said, well, do you want to press charges?" And they're like, "Well, no, because." Uh, he could go to jail too for essentially coughing on you. I was like, well, I said, I, I don't care. I said, I'm not going to press charges. I said, truck stop justice is exactly what it is. It's truck stop justice. I said, we don't need cops. Most of the stuff gets handled in house. You know, that's, that's what I kind of like about our trucking community is a lot of, a lot of this stuff gets handled without anybody else knowing how it gets handled. And it's a beautiful thing. Really. We're all, we're our own society. Really? You really are, yeah. What, what happens in the trucking community stays in the trucking community. It's not just Vegas. Right, right. Well, and, and let's be honest here. If somebody asks me, hey, name three things that uh, they are going to happen to you after you intentionally cough on somebody, uh, items one through three are going to be, I'm going to get punched in the face. Like, I, I don't understand yeah. why somebody thinks that that's okay, <laughs> even as a joke in this day and age, you know? You can't do that. Ridiculous. It's it's crazy. It's it's crazy. Like my girlfriend's kid when I first moved in, 
like five years ago, he was doing that. Like he wouldn't cover his mouth and he coughed. I looked at him and I looked at his mom and said, you're lucky you're a kid because I'd full blown just knock your face off, dude. Yeah, well, do you have any other crazy stories from your time, OTR? I mean, I'm pretty sure I do. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I do. Um, any of them that can be shared without, uh, you know, questioning your, your freedom? <laughs> yeah. Oh, de- most definitely. Most definitely. I was in Oklahoma, and I called a nine-year-old a Cretan snot goblin. <laughs> well, I'm going to have wow. to use that one. That sounds like most Oklahoma nine-year-olds. Man, I'm telling you, like, once again, I'm a low-key germaphobe, and, you know, she's, she's just over there, like, just snot-nosed, and uh, rubbing her hands all over her nose and then just touching everything in the store. Oh, jeez. And I, I'm like, I'm like, that is so gross. Uh, she was coughing without covering her mouth, and I got up there and, uh, you know, to the cash register, and I just mentioned, I said, you know, I said, I can't believe people and their kids. And the lady, I guess, heard me. She's like, what are you saying about my kid? And I turned around and said, she's a Cretan snot goblin. <laughs> she doesn't cover her mouth. I said, you, you are a horrible mother. You didn't teach her how to cover her mouth. Oh, man. No. Nope. Yeah. Oh. I've learned. I've learned. Oh, Andy. Oh, uh, listen. The last, the last five years, I have found my voice as a truck truck driver and that is i have absolutely no f to give and i literally I, like i just say what's on my mind and usually it's not a good thing it usually leads to a, a confrontation or me getting kicked out of a truck stop but you know whatever <laughs> well we we love that you found your voice and we really are excited that you decided to come share it with us today on unplugged otr and i want to tell all the other drivers out there if you'd like to find your voice and uh, respond to anything that andy's had to say or the rest of us please hit us up over at sayhi.chat slash OTR. Andy Kelly, Hopper Driver, thank you so much for joining us today, man. This has been a great conversation. Uh, I think I can speak for Maria and Caleb when I say we'll definitely have you back on the show. Absolutely. Of course, man. I've, I've enjoyed it very much. Great stuff from Andy there. Uh, As you guys know, I'm always combing the internet, trying to find out as much as I can and learn as much as I can about the truck driving industry. Uh, Reddit, Facebook groups, and there's a really good Facebook group that I find a lot of really good info in uh, called Rubberside Down, which is where some of these comments are coming from. Uh, The question was asked by a guy named Mark, uh, when travel plazas are full, where do you park? And uh, there's over 100 comments here. Um, And I I really find it interesting because there's a lot more to this question than just, oh, I go here and park there because it's different state by state and the truckers kind of have to share their uh, experiences with one another so you know where you can get away with what. One of the top comments on here says that you park on on ramps, never on off ramps, but you have to be careful some places because uh, Department of Transportation will actually harass you if you're on an on ramp or an off ramp, even if you're safely parked over to the side, which feels a little nitpicky to me. Yes, it does. But that makes sense with the don't park on the off ramps because you're coming so fast onto the off ramps, but on the on ramps, you don't get that much speed compared to what you're doing on the off ramps. So that makes sense, I guess. It's legal, but frowned upon. Is that what I'm getting from this comment? I think so. And and depending on where you're at, it's frowned upon. I, I think that a lot of this has to do with it's a lot like uh, cops in small towns. If they're bored, they might come mess with you. If they've got other things to do, they might just let it go by the wayside because it's not really what you would consider a violation. It's just, you know, maybe not the safest thing. 
Um, another person says, I avoid off-ramps unless I'm broke down. Absolute worst case. Best thing to do is go park somewhere you know you'll be told to move from pretty quickly. Uh, by being told to move, you are then legally allowed to park at the nearest safe location. So maybe a little loophole in the uh, the way the law is written there, huh. which I found interesting. Yeah. Um, this person says, uh, this is from Michael, a thing that often helps if you have a certain amount of 10-hour breaks you're going to have to take, as long as you're not adding an extra one, it does not change the time you arrive depending on where you are. Sometimes you need to park before the sun goes down. But it's it sounds like, once again, this is like truck drivers having to kind of find ways to manipulate the rules in their favor because I, I think that the main point here is there's just not enough parking spaces where they need to be. That's the feeling yeah, I get from everyone. They, they have to finagle the system a little bit. Finagle. I love that word. Where Did, did <laughs> you, you write that down? Is that on a post-it note stuck to your computer right now? Word of the day I'm not going I'm not going to tell you if it is or not, but maybe finagle's my new word. <laughs> a list of words we have to include in the podcast as we go. That there was a go. challenge, this is, everyone. This is an educational show as well, don't forget. <laughs> uh, Keith says that Google Maps will sometimes help, but in all seriousness, I've found a good cul-de-sac or even a good side road away from the interstate with a good shoulder. I rarely ever park at truck stops while running OTR, Honestly, huh. usually stayed at a shipper or a receiver or occasionally in the in-between. Shipping and receiving parking is is kind of volatile from what I understand. Not all of shippers and receivers will let you park. That's what I true. Understand. I used to work at a warehouse. And when I was working at the warehouse, I would let trucks in and out and I would talk to them and things like that. And we would sometimes allow people to park overnight and sometimes we wouldn't. But I know that like Amazon, a lot of Amazon warehouses and stuff like that will allow overnight parking um, and Walmart warehouses and Target and stuff like that, depending on where you're at. But I definitely know mine would not normally. Right. You've got to think too, like when you're parking at shippers and receivers, you don't probably have access to like a restroom that you can go into like when you're at the truck stops you do so you're gonna have to make use of those pee bottles and oh yeah uh well if you, if you have to go number two i i don't even want to know what you're gonna have to do there but it's it's not as easy to use the restroom at those at those places no you right. luck out it's, if you found a place to park overnight at a shipper or receiver and a restroom they would allow you to use yeah. you hit the for jackpot sure. I don't think I could park someplace for an overnight stay and not have a restroom right next to me because oh, like, I just either. never know when it's going to hit, especially at my age now. I'm 38. I'm getting to that point where like you wake up all weird hours of the night because your body just won't hold it anymore. <laughs> yeah, Marcus, I I drive like a grandpa. We figured that out last episode, but I also pee like a grandpa. I, I use the restroom probably two to three times in the middle of the night because I just I just can't hold it. So... Me parking on a shipper or receiver would not be plausible. I don't think that I wake up in the night to use the restroom ever. Like when you said pee like a grandpa, for some reason I saw like like prostate problems, like short intermittent <laughs> spurts and, and not a strong oh, yeah. flow. You have that too? No, I, is... I, I have a strong flow. No need for a catheter or anything crazy like that. <laughs> Just frequency. That's the issue. Okay. <laughs> Just right. frequency. Yes. Uh, another comment here from Key uh, says, when you work in a world that operates 24-7, 365, you adjust your schedule when possible to avoid the solar truckers that clog the truck stop come sundown. I did not know that this was an issue, but if you are running solar and you need that power uh, supply, then yeah, I mean, sundown, obviously you're going to go down. So interesting that they clog the parking lots as well. 
what in the world? What is the percentage of solar drivers? A solar y'all y'all they're pulling your legs. There's no such thing as a solar trucker, right? Like that can't be a thing. Not even on their on, on like their power units for their sleepers or anything like no. that. They you I, can't charge those I with think solar. APUs Maybe. are just but electric, aren't they? I I think they're just I think they're that's just another word for a day cab or a day trucker. Okay. Okay, so there you yeah. go. I learn something every day, which is why I'm constantly combing the... I learned today that they're called threads, not forums. Another old man thing that I do. So check out the threads. If we're wrong, too, and you want to tell us there's such a thing as a solar truck, come say hi to us at sayhi.chat slash OTR because I, I need to know. I don't think it's in existence, but maybe it I've is. I've never heard of a solar truck. And personally, if I'm wrong about these things, say hi.chat slash OTR is the best place that you can be because I can't wait to, th- to see how stupid you think that I really am. That's the <laughs> one thing. Like, I love it when people are just, it just undress me for being so terrible at what I'm doing right now. I would love that. I don't want to undress you. Well, oh. speaking of undressing, Caleb, uh, you have done so at a truck stop. You've also slept at a truck stop and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, this is this is part of what we're talking about here. Truck stop parking. Can we talk a little bit about that? Of course we can. And I just want to tell you, Unplugged OTR listeners, if you've been listening from the beginning, I've had a truck stop shower. I've eaten the Thanksgiving meal at the Flying J. And recently, I've stayed the night at a Sap Bros. Uh, the Sap Bros on I-29 uh, going south to Kansas City. I slept at the one in uh, just outside of Nebraska City. And it was it was a really interesting experience, honestly. So got there around probably 7, 7 p.m. Uh, and if you know Sap Bros, they have these things called the apple barrels. Would, not the cracker barrel, but the apple barrel. <laughs> uh, Marcus, Maria, have you ever heard of these places? Never. I've never heard of a Sap Bros. What? I have I have heard of Sap Bros. I've never heard of the apple barrel, but honestly, it sounds like just a greasy spoon that I'd be right at home at. Oh, man. So uh, Sap Bros, for one, is a really, really nice. They have really nice truck stops uh, across America. There's not a ton of them. They're, they're headquartered in Omaha, and they've developed locations um, throughout the Midwest. I think they have one even out in, like, Cheyenne and stuff. And, uh, man, there's some in Pennsylvania. Like, they're they're all around now. But They don't have any in Indiana, do they? I, I'm not quite sure. I know they have one in Illinois, but I'm not sure about Indiana. And so they're spaced, they're spaced strategically. So, like, you could honestly just go from Sapros to Sapros and just be fine. You never have to go to another truck stop in your life. Which, which is really nice because they are nicer truck stops, um, like I said, and they have all those apple barrels in them. And so the apple barrel, phenomenal food. I wasn't expecting it really. Better than Cracker Barrel. What did you order? Yeah, so I ordered their burnt <laughs> ends um, with Cajun fries. What is a burnt um, end? So it's like the best part of, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like a brisket. It's yeah. It's juicy. Yep. It's, oh. It's, it's basically, it's Maria, imagine that you smoke some meat that is like a uh, pretty fatty. And then right about the time that that meat hits the temperature that you want it to be at, you throw in like a whole stick of butter, like a cup of brown Ooh. sugar and some barbecue sauce, yeah. cover it in foil and let it come up to temperature and get like super tacky and sticky and just, I mm. mean, melt in your mouth. Their burnt ends are meat candy. 
they were phenomenal too. Um, and I've had I've had a lot of great burnt ends, but I wasn't expecting the Apple Barrel to have great burnt ends, but they did. Um, Cajun fries, they gave me just a buttload of those. And then they're famous for cinnamon rolls. And if you know me, cinnamon rolls are my favorite food. So we got a giant cinnamon roll. Um, and that was, that was, how was uh, the icing, guess, Caleb? That's, that's what we need to know. How was the icing? The icing was good. Um, a little, a little too little, I guess is what I would say. Not enough icing, but, um, Skimped still very, icing. very good. And the price was great. I don't want to do a callback to this every episode, but since it just happened on our last episode, what was the girth of the cinnamon roll like? <laughs> mm, okay. Well, it was a girthy boy, if you know what I mean. So I think I do. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, that was, we, we probably ate till about 8.30. Um, uh, me and my friend just went and then uh, we we slept in the back of his of his vehicle. How do you pass the time at a truck stop overnight, Caleb? What did you do overnight? Watched a movie. Uh, and so we watched The Birdcage, which I've never seen before with Robin Williams. Fantastic and, uh, movie. Hilarious, hilarious movie. But you kind of just sit there and you just have to pass the time. So like I can, I mean, I can't imagine what like a 34 reset is like and like spending it at a truck stop because I got bored just like sitting there and watching a movie for like two hours. And then, I mean, honestly, you go back into the truck stop, you use the restroom. Um, also, Sapros, they have these things called mom approved restrooms and they are super clean like i i was very surprised at how clean they were i like how the bathroom doors go all the way down so like you can't see like what anybody else is doing um in the stall next to you you don't know what business they're what, what they're doing so that's really nice and overall the, the bathroom experience was lovely question of the day here did you steal a truck parking spot to park in your uh, your friend's car and sleep <laughs> at the truck stop so i did not um uh, but you can tell that there is very little truck parking even at the sapros which is a great truck stop um there there is people parking um they have flying j around there as well and like a connects or whatever and they had parking as well for trucks but all of it was taken up and then you look at the parking lot where the four the four wheelers park, and there is an abundance of four wheeler parking, but hardly anybody is in those spots. But trucks aren't really allowed to park in the four wheeler spots, so that was something that surprised me. Is like, why do we have all this four wheeler parking? Why why do you care to have all that when truckers are your customer and truckers need the places to sleep? Well, as an ambassador of the four-wheeler driving community that cares about the truck driving community uh, deeply, I say truck drivers, steal all the four-wheeler spots that you want. I'm not going to say a word. It won't <laughs> fluster my feathers. Just pull up across like 10, ten of them. And uh, as long as the business owner doesn't care, why should we care? I mean, yeah. we're not going to stay stay there overnight, you know? But it was truly, yeah, a great experience. Um, I got to brush my teeth with the truckers um, in the morning around 6 a.m. when I woke up. How was that brisk morning walk from the car to the truck stop? Oh, it was brisk. It was cold. out. It was like 24 degrees and it got down to like 13 that night so wow um it was it was a little chilly um but it was it was fun though because you like hear the hum of the trucks too and i can 
I can kind of see why truckers like sleeping in their in their cabs because the tight quarters. You can double up with the blankets. You get that like it's sound cozy. machine almost like of the of the reefer and the hum of the trucks. It's kind of cozy, which yeah. I would have never expected. Um, and I mean, I mean, I miss my own bed, obviously, but I could get used to that and like not be able to go away from it after a little while. I think, and. Probably next for me is to sleep at uh, like a famous truck stop, like Iowa 80. That's uh, that's about four hours from me. So I love that truck stop. There's so much to do there. Like I feel like I could spend a 34 hour reset there. So if you want to see, if you want to see me go spend a 34 hour reset at Iowa 80, let us know again at say hi dot chat slash OTR because I need to go OTR once again. I think. You know, I think um, with you, a with a comfortable bed and a good gaming setup in the back of a rig, I could do a 34-hour okay. reset about anywhere because I, I notice when I'm gaming, the time just melts away. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, yeah, and there are truckers that game, so that's that's definitely a possibility, but it was, it was definitely an experience and may not be my last time doing so. Obviously, you could tell there was little truck parking and an insane amount of four-wheeler parking. But we should probably talk to an expert in the industry to get their take on this issue as well. So now on Unplugged OTR is H&M Hopper Dispatcher, Mike. So, Mike, we've been talking about truck stop parking on this episode. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted to ask you and get your take because you talk to drivers a lot. Why do you think there's not enough truck stop parking? So, um, Caleb, actually, it's funny, you know, when you when you guys first asked me to do this, I, I kind of reached out to some drivers, just kind of, they kind of heard that I was going to be doing this uh, podcast. And I just said, yeah, well, I guess we're going to be talking about truck stop parking. And I talked to about three drivers and each one of them without prompting, they all both said that all of them said the same thing. They said the main reason why truck stop parking is kind of hard to find these days is because the truck stops themselves are kind of limiting the spaces because drivers litter, right? They, they don't clean up after themselves. So uh-huh. they're really trying, they're starting to cut down on the free space that they you know the free parking. So they're, they're really maneuvering towards paying to park now. So you're starting to see a lot of drivers struggle to find parking because they don't want to pay for parking every night. One bad apple can spoil the whole bunch with stuff like that, too. Is it, You know, one person littering, it, it just their normal amount of garbage mm-hmm. is enough to probably look like three or four people have thrown their garbage out there. Exactly. And if you think about, a, you know, a driver, you know, they're programmed to drive to 10 and a half, 11 hours a day. So they're not stopping all the time. So after a week, you know, they collect, you know, think of your car. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I, you know, a couple pops a day, you know, it ends up being about a 12 pack in my car that I got to throw away. Right. So extrapolate that to a driver who's just more, you know, probably has three meal uh, McDonald's bag, Arby's, whatever in their truck over a week. Next thing you know, yeah, it looks like a, a family of 10 just dropped <laughs> off a whole entire garbage bag in their parking lot. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And you said they're moving more to paid parking. So with H&M, Correct. do they help pay for parking? Is there some sort of system that you guys have? No. So H&M, we do not pay for parking. We hope our drivers plan their day out accordingly to where they can find parking. Um, there, there's, there are still places that you can find a park that you, you know, uh, safely. Um, we will pay, we will pay to park on um, extreme circumstances. Let's say, you know, 
let's say they're in Wyoming or Utah and there's a, you know, a weather front's coming in and the interstate's closed and the only places to park is a truck stop that all they have left is paid parking. Uh, you know, in that situation, we will pay to park, but normal every day, we do not have the drivers pay to park. Is there like a common time a lot of H&M drivers like stop driving that you know of? So the common, I would say the easiest way to explain it is, you know, you, there's about almost like three shifts. Like, the, you know, you got, you got your guys that start at like 4 a.m. And then they, they drive, they, they beat that morning rush of traffic. You know, they get through the big cities, where, you know, wherever they got to go through. And then there's pretty, then there's pretty much shut down at two, two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock, whatever time it is. And, and they can find a spot easily. Usually the truck stops about anywhere from four o'clock uh, to six o'clock at night, somewhere in there. That's when they really start to fill up. So then you have the guys that, you know, then they'll drive from, they'll start their day off at like 6 p.m. and then go to 6 a.m. So when the guys that are leaving at, you know, the start their day at like 4 or 5 a.m., then they just kind of slide right in and take over their spot, if that kind of makes sense. So you got the guys that start at 6 a.m. and go to 6 or, you know, on, on both ends. So. Yeah, that does make sense. I had kind of a technicality question that I thought of. So let's say a driver is legally at their limit of driving hours, but they can't find a spot. What happens then? Mm -hmm. Well, so you, you can all, you can... You can off-duty drive or PC, right? Um, uh, there are ways to circumvent their 14-hour shift. Um, okay. Let's let's say you're at like a, um, well, let's say you're at a customer, right? And you're you're loading or you're unloading, and you're in there, and they've held that customer's held you over, let's say, past your your time, but you're not allowed to park overnight at the receiver and or or shipper. Um, and so they're like, yep, we're closing the gate. You have to get out of here. Well, if your driver doesn't have any time, that really kind of kind of screws up their day. So uh, you are allowed to PC to find a place to park safely. You can't just start driving two, three hours down the road. Yeah. But it, it's kind of a vague, you are, you know, you, you, it gives you a, a lot of amount of time to find the closest, safest place to park. Okay. That's okay. good that they don't just completely hamstring them then, because I mean, you know, in reading a lot of the threads that, that I've been researching for this topic, it seems like uh, some drivers feel like they're kind of pressured to just pull off in a place that might not be the safest place for them to go. So at least they have a little bit of allowance to get where they need to, or at least get a place where you can conceivably say, nobody's going to drive into my truck or I'm not going mm -hmm. to be a nuisance for anybody. You know, that, that's, that's all good things. Correct. Uh, we do instruct our drivers that if, if a shipper or receiver has overnight parking, that they should park, that that's where they should go, right? Because if, if they have facilities there, uh, a lot like I'm, I work on the hopper side of H&M, some of our customers do have facilities. Um, you know, we, we provide a refrigerator in the truck, so you could stock up your truck with, you know, drinks or food or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I always tell my drivers, if you could park at the shipper or receiver, a, not only is it, it's probably going to be real, pretty quiet because there's a chance that that's, they're going to be the only person there. Um, and, and then B, you're, you're already at the shipper or receiver the next morning and your day's not, your clock's not started. So you can get loaded or unloaded right away. And then now you have the rest of the day to start your whole day. So yeah, that's, a, that's another way we combat the, the parking kind of starting to dwindle as well. Of course.
I'm glad to hear that you guys provide a refrigerator because just personally for me, if I'm going to be going on the road for a long period of time, even like a half an hour, 45 minutes, I think top of the priority list after like are the tires inflated with air is what's the <laughs> snack situation. So <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's absolutely paramount for me. And I love that you guys just pop a fridge in there for everybody. That's awesome. Yep. I'm with you, man. I need a mountain doing some combos, man. There you go. I'm good for. for, What kind of combos, Mike? Pepperoni pizza. No, the buffalo blue cheese. Oh, I don't have those over here. I've never seen those before, but they sound delicious. They are very delicious. And I don't even like blue cheese. I thought we were about to have a feud on our hands. What's a combo? I don't even know what that is. I knew that was coming. How do you not know what a combo is? From the guy that doesn't like ketchup, a combo, Caleb, is like a little cracker tube filled with just a little injection of cheesy goodness on the inside and a they come in a tube yeah or a pretzel tube if they don't tube. have that on the package they should have that on the package yep just oh, look up combos sometime and uh, welcome to the show because you're never going back after you Wait, have a pack of them. A cracker too. I'm, I'm assuming I can get those at a truck stop. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can get them anywhere. Yep. Okay. Literally. Okay, anywhere. next truck stop I visit, I'll get them. Mike, how long have you been at H&M? I've been here for eight years now. Oh, wow. Okay. So why why H&M? Why have you stayed there? I have known our vice president, Dale Cook, since I was two years old. Okay. (laughs) So um, he, when I came here, I, I had quit my, I quit a job and I thought I had something lined up and it kind of fell through the cracks. And that day it fell through the cracks. Dale called me and he says, Hey, are you looking for a job still? I kind of heard you work. And I said, yeah, you know anything about H&M? And I said, well, I know you work for H&M, you know, Dale, I, I, I've known you my whole life, you know, and I didn't really know what they did. You know, I, I knew what a hopper was because I'm, you know, from Iowa. If you don't know what a hopper trailer is, you're, you're not really classified from Iowa. You know? <laughs> um, but when he said, but, you know, when he said, you know, we do vans and hoppers, I literally thought a van was like a, like a high V van, flower van driving down the road, oh, okay. delivering boxes. That's what I thought. You know, I had no idea. And so he's like, yeah, come down. Uh, he sent me up an interview. I interviewed with uh, Randy Moeller and Patty, our president and uh, head controller. And then I had an interview with, uh, at the time it was Tiny, Steve Nelson and Char. Uh, they uh, run the hopper division. And then, yeah, I, I guess I passed flying colors and then, yeah, started the next week. And I've been here ever since. And what's your favorite part about being a dispatcher? My favorite part is I get to have eight different conversations with eight different drivers every day. Like it's totally different. Um, My other favorite part is if there is a, in the trucking world, if you have an issue, like, you know, if the load's going bad, those get resolved in a day, less than a day. So that you don't have, it's not something that dwell, you can need to dwell on for a week or two weeks that you had this issue looming over your head. And, you know, no, it, it gets resolved. You, you talk about it, you, you know, get with the customer, fix it, move on, go on to the next one. That, that's my favorite part. So it kind of sounds like if, if you had advice to give to drivers, it would be maybe don't take this stuff with you. Uh, try to try to move through it and move beyond it and, and get on with your day rather than dwelling on all the bad news. Yeah, that, that's that's what I try to tell drivers. You know, um, everybody's so short sighted. Right. And especially a driver. Like and I don't mean to say that in a, in, as a bad thing. Right. They want to know their next load. Uh, what's you know, they, you know, what's next after that? What's the next load? What's the next load? What's oh, my, I only had twenty five hundred miles this week. I only had. 3,000 miles, or I, you know, this load's only 800. 
just look at the big picture. You know what I mean? Like, I know, you know, in a week, we talk about a month, right? How many miles can you get in a month? My goal is to get at, if I can't get a driver 10, at least 10,000 miles, I'm doing something wrong. My, I think I should get 12, 13,000 miles, no problem, right? Now, if you have 2,500 in one week, just because you have that doesn't mean the next week you're not going to get 35. I mean, you get 35 the next week, we're right back on track. You know what I mean? So just because you had either one bad day or one bad week, just don't let it turn into two bad weeks. Don't let it turn into three. And then, you know, once you can just get rid of that mindset, like just, just keep moving, right? You'll be fine. 10-4. Yeah, Mike, this is a, it's a tough question I just thought of. So you said that you came to HM about seven, eight years ago, but you mm-hmm. weren't a driver beforehand. And I know a lot of drivers have their guard up when their dispatcher isn't a driver how do you combat that then so actually i was a driver so i i wasn't a oh. driver i wasn't a driver like like our guys but i did have my class a cdl i had my tanker hasn't i had all that stuff so it's a little bit easier for me um to get through it because i know a little bit about what, what they're talking about but yes drivers do have their guards up because they don't know they 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 don't think that we understand what they're going through and they're right we don't know all we can do is listen ask questions um and you and use that information what we learned from that driver and use you know and just go to you know use it for the next time that situation they're they're right we we don't know what they're going through i mean it, it's, it's the truth what made you decide to get your cdl mike i had to <laughs> so i work for <laughs> i work for an asphalt company and um we were struggling to find uh, CDL drivers. We wanted CDL drivers to move our equipment around, and we, it, but we also needed those drivers to then also work, uh, like, you know, do the asphalt. Well, most of the CDL drivers in that field, they just want to sit in the truck, um, dump, dump, a, you know, dump the load or, or whatever, and read the newspaper and then go on and find the next one, right? It, I'm just sorry. It's, it's the truth. <laughs> so my, so my boss, so my boss at the time, I was a, I was a foreman for a couple of crews and um, my boss said, I, I need you to get your CDL that way. You, you know, if we, uh, you can start moving the equipment around and I'm like, Oh yeah, great. I'm still going to pay you, you know, not what a CDL driver makes. Like, so it was smart on my boss at the time, pretty, pretty naive on my part, but Anyway, I had my CDL there for for a while. Well, Mike, I can't speak for Caleb and Maria here, but I will speak for myself in saying that if naivety was a paid skill, I would be a very rich man. We'll get back together with you sometime soon. You're always welcome here on Unplugged OTR. I always think about how hard it would be to park a truck because you know you'll see that uh, on a at a truck stop it'll say like we have parking for 50 trucks but then if you (laughs) look at the top down view of the parking lot you're like oh you have parking for 50 trucks if the first truck parks all the way in the very back corner and you fill it in from the back forward but that's not how the world works so they're fitting these trucks into some pretty tiny spots and honestly have nightmares about it yeah i i can't imagine fitting that girthy of a truck into a tiny spot Caleb and his girth. I can't. Ten points. I can't even. I can't even <laughs> parallel park. So I'm not sure how that works. But can you imagine docking a cruise ship, like parking a cruise ship? Though, like they're like so much bigger than trucks, but they have to park those too in tight spaces. 
Yeah, I mean, I was a parasail boat captain at one point in time in my upbringing, and that boat was only 27 feet long, and it was at, at just a pain in the ass to park everywhere I needed to park it. Because oh, most boats, you're thinking like, you know, especially on a lake, like 15, 20 feet, like they get bigger, but a lot of your recreational boats are pretty small. Um, but I'm going to tell you, actually, because I know this stuff about a couple of ships that had a little bit of trouble parking. I guess you could call it parking. First one's the Costa Concordia or the Costa Concordia. Sorry. Uh, this was an Italian cruise ship. Um, it was the biggest in its class at the time of its launch in 2008 at 952 feet long, 952 feet long, just in case I didn't come through Ooh. clear there on you. Uh, January 13th, 2012, it hit a rock in the Tyrrhenian Sea and tore a 160-foot hole in the side. The engine room flooded, uh, the ship listed, which means it leaned to its side and it actually came to rest on an underwater cliff. Now, this is pretty crazy because evacuation took six hours, you guys, and uh, maritime law says that evacuation in an abandoned ship situation has to take 30 minutes or less. So six hours is... Way over time. Way over. Um, of the 4,252 passengers and crew on board, 32 people died. And Oh, man. Uh, Captain Francesco Chitino is actually serving a 17-year jail sentence for manslaughter, causing a maritime accident, and abandoning ship because recording surfaced of this guy on a lifeboat. He's the captain. He's supposed to be the no last way. one on the ship. He's on a lifeboat, and some of his crew members are telling him, dude, you got to get back on the boat. And he's just refusing to. He's like, no, I'm on the lifeboat. What a winner. It comes out in the trial that the reason that he even hit this rock outcropping is because he was trying to drive super close to a known dangerous coastline to impress a dancer that was on the ship that was joining him in the helm that night. Oh, so he's wow. up here trying to woo this lady. And he's like, hey, check this out. Like the the. Biggest case of hold my beer, watch this that I've ever seen. <laughs> you just wreck a thousand foot long cruise ship and go to jail for 17 years. She's not going to be waiting on the other side. Absolutely. Oh, she didn't not. get a second date then, probably. You know. No, no. Well, she did get a second date. It was a deposition and then a third date, which was a trial that she had to testify at. So, <laughs> so, but he wasn't even trying to park the cruise ship. And you said it was what, 952 what feet? Yeah, 952 feet oh, long. Oh, my God. Gosh, that's so big. I mean, a semi truck is what eighty feet, maybe right. like that. Well, the hole that was ripped in the ship was bigger than <laughs> Ooh, a semi truck. Yeah, that's crazy. Exactly. And can I mean, try to park a semi truck with a lot lizard on your lap? It's just not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, another <laughs> another incident as far as ships are concerned. This one happened just recently, right during the COVID pandemic, when the Suez Canal incident saw a ship called the Ever Given, which if you thought 952 feet was big, how about 1,300 feet, this cargo Holy ship? crap. Oof. Are you serious? Yep. It got wedged in the Egyptian canal, and that canal connects the Mediterranean and the Red Seas. It was south of the point where the canal splits, and there's two ways out. So all of the ships that wanted to get through that canal were blocked for six days, you guys. 96 billion dollars a day it costs the global economy oh my gosh every day that this ship sat there for almost a week uh, that breaks down to uh 400 million an hour 400 million dollars an hour is inconceivable and that's why i had to break it down because 9.6 billion a day is inconceivable but at times they had close to 400 ships just sitting out in the harbor waiting to go through and and there was this one really famous picture 
there's a little tiny backhoe just trying to dig out uh, dirt in front of the stern of this ship. And it's literally like throwing water in the ocean, like drops of water in the ocean and hoping it's going to raise the ship. Yeah. I think I remember hearing about this, but like that's about $63 billion then total that it yes. caused in like delays. That's a lot of money. During Holy a goodness. global pandemic, which was already costing the global economy yeah. untold billions of dollars. So this one is really bad and it just makes you wonder what the person felt like because they didn't end up there's it's still under investigation technically they haven't charged anybody but like is there a ship captain just cringing somewhere like yeah sorry i i, I just that was just an oversight you know yeah. <laughs> it's a 9.6 oh, billion man. dollar a day oversight i can't imagine operating a ship that size so 1300 that's insane well as captain ron told us a few episodes ago uh, there's there's very strict qualifications for such a thing and it seems to me that these two captains did not meet their qualifications mm-hmm. all right maria and caleb that pretty much wraps it up for today i just want to thank everybody for joining us on unplugged otr once again if you have anything that you would like to say respond to tell us educate us please jump over to sayhi.chat slash OTR. For Caleb and Maria, I'm Marcus. We're out of here. Adios. Thanks for listening to Unplugged OTR. Remember to tell us your stories at sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Again, that's sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Or find us on social media channels. If you want to hear more about driving jobs at H&M, find them at hmtrucking.com or on Facebook. Tune in next time and keep the shiny side up, drivers.